0: Yeah, hi. We have a new guest today. Okay. His name's Jose. All right. And I decided to, because we usually have way too casual of an open to our podcast. That's true. Where we just kind of like ramble and it really confuses the guests. So I decided to write a custom song introduction to Jose so that everybody can know who he is and what he does and everything like that. So I can talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Honestly, this is what we should be doing for all the
0: guests. So I'm excited. Yeah, hit me with it. Okay, so Jose is defined as a passerine bird in the family corvidae, native to eastern North America. Okay, He lives in most of the central and eastern United States. Some eastern populations might be migratory. Uh, the resident population uh, okay. also lives in Newfoundland. Uh, breeding populations are also found around southern Canada. Yes. Uh, Jose breeds in both deciduous and coniferous forests and is common in residential areas. Well,
1: I don't need to know our guest's breeding <laughs> information. I don't bit. think, I, T- be, I, don't T- think T- I
0: need to know T- M- that much. Um, his coloration is pretty Predominantly blue with a white chest and okay. underparts and a blue crest, um, has a black U shaped collar around his neck and a black border behind the crest.
1: This is good actually for the audience to get a yep. good visual because, um, <laughs> you know, we don't record the
0: cameras for this part. So this is good. This is helpful. Other interesting facts about Jose is that his plumage does not change throughout the year. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And that there are four subspecies of Jose and that right. he predominantly feeds on seeds and nuts like acorns. Interesting. So those are some, like, facts about Jose. I mean, just my initial reaction
1: sounds like you're less describing a hu- a single human and more like you are describing uh, an entire group of animal, like birds? It sounds like a bird that you're talking
0: about. Maybe. Okay. I just did a Google image search on Jose's profile picture. Yes. And I got the Wikipedia page for... Oh, now I see it. OK, it's the, that's a Wikipedia page for Blue Jay. Blue Jay. So I'm guessing that the other section I have here about Jose being the official Major League Baseball team for Toronto is also wrong. Probably. We can ask. Jose's here. Jose, are you a Major League Baseball team by any chance?
2: It's been a few years, uh, but not recently now. It's behind you. Yeah. I like to think of that that way. I win more than the Blue Jays. I can tell you that
1: much. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't we all? And just to
1: confirm, you're a person. I like to think of myself more as an experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody, this is not a Toronto baseball team, nor is this a species of Corvid that is extremely loud and lives in my backyard. But this is actually Jose, who's actually old name explicitly said you are not a Jay hmm I do remember that.
2: Yeah, that's a very old name. I decided to just live my truth and uh, just be Jose.
0: That's awesome. So could you just tell us all on the internet for people who don't know who this person is and what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> who you are and what, what your whole thing is? What is the experience of Jose? What is the Jose experience? Yeah.
2: Sure. Well, I am someone with a YouTube channel. I've named it Jose because uh, that's my name. And on that channel, I publish a number of videos ranging from topics about, you know, how misinformation is spread on social media with a host of various odious figures to more lovely videos about classic TV shows from the 80s, 90s and aughts going into depth on like how they were made, how they changed over the years and their lasting impact.
0: Yeah, I was like, how do I sell this? I'm like, Jose makes videos where he either is reading all of Ben Shapiro's terrible political fan fiction, or he's doing a four-hour video about the sitcom Dinosaurs from the 90s. How do you know that video is only slightly over an hour?
1: but they're all good. Yeah. I just love watching your stuff so much. It's so good. Oh, thank you. And they're such delightful. I mean, I do this with all sorts of like long form video essay sort of content. Like when I'm in the middle of animating stuff for videos like editing that doesn't require any audio, I'm just like, what's the longest video I can pull up right now where I can learn something, but I don't have to keep finding something new every couple of minutes. And so I especially enjoy your sitcom retrospectives for that.
0: Jose is channel is a great podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I yeah, I've been told
2: that a few times, especially since I don't appear on camera or anything. It's just my voice taking you through a lot of sometimes delightful things, sometimes horrible things. But, you know, I like to think we get through all of it and it's just a a nice, lovely experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, I just realized that um, we are... nine minutes in at this point? No, seven minutes. And um, this is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. Yeah. Now that we've thoroughly
1: introduced Jose, we also need to introduce this show. So uh, welcome, everyone. This is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens, where we dive into ancient aliens and ancient astronaut theory, and we debunk a lot of the myths and conspiracy theories around that while also looking at the real world history behind interesting people and places and things. And when I say we do that, I don't mean that I do that because my name is Scott. I show up. I know nothing. I don't know anything before we dive into each episode. I'm here to listen and learn and make jokes occasionally. That's my job.
0: It's a good job. Uh, My name is Tristan Johnson, and I'm the person who climbs into the depths of hell to understand what the hell Ancient Aliens is trying to talk about and then come back with a hour and a half response to like three or four seconds of television footage, which today is actually (laughs) going to be pretty high on that list. And Jose, we got here today. I'm just excited to have Jose as a guest. Him and I have been buddies since back when I lived in Toronto, so I'm glad to have him. Yeah.
2: And a fun fact, you actually have a small cameo appearance in one of my videos. In fact, my most watched video... I'll look back at married with children. Right, we all got together to do a a sort of a play on the Bundy cheer. It's actually the Jose cheer in that uh, video.
0: I remember that, despite being very in the cups that night, as I recall correctly,
2: (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty late that
0: evening. Yeah, amazing. We were enough in the cups that it took a while to get that coordinated correctly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I felt like it took me a little too long to explain the concept of everyone putting their hands in like the center and then lifting them up as they say my name, like. Yeah. I, I didn't. I shouldn't have needed to take as long as I did. It doesn't did to
1: sound it. like
0: it would be difficult, but mm-hmm. given the circumstances, I understand why. I also remember that exact night. This is how wild that night got because the YouTuber Mexi was also at that party, and it was one of those nights where she accidentally went home and forgot to pay the tab. And I got to I, I, uh, call. Uh, I had to get it, and she paid me back later. <laughs> Perfect. Great night. Ten out of ten. No notes. I think there's some pictures from that night. Great times. But yeah, today things are a little bit out of order because try as I might, I tried to find a Bible person for this episode Mm -hmm. uh, and was rejected by our typical Bible correspondent for this episode because he's an extraordinarily busy guy. So I've been sitting on this one for a while. So we're actually kind of going back to like... Uh, A few months ago when we were doing that sort of little series on like, I don't know, maybe a nuke at it.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. And we've done a couple of them, but we're revisiting ancient nuclear weapons from biblical times, it sounds like in this episode. What specifically are we talking about here?
0: Yeah. After Brahma weapons and Mohenjo-Daro, we are now going to the Bible. So, Scott, you're our resident Christian experiencer. I did go to Bible college. That's correct. Yes. And as we established for the show, Jose, you have a little bit of um, Christianity experience, something I do not have.
2: Uh, yeah, as a child, I was raised uh, Catholic, uh, did the whole Sunday school thing and everything, but uh, didn't quite stick. Uh, but I did see it through.
0: So, of course, you remember the part of the Bible that has a nuclear explosion in it, Correct. Uh, It's one
2: of my most dear and favorite Bible stories, of course. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: that's Old Testament God where he's very wrathful and very dangerous. You don't cross, don't cross them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, today we're talking about uh, probably the most picture-perfect description of Old Testament wrath of God stuff, mm-hmm. and furthermore, probably a word that has basically become synonymous with uh, homophobia for years and years to come. Today we're going to talk about the theory on ancient aliens that was painfully briefly talked about, that it was an alien or uh, hyper-advanced civilization in the past that used a nuclear bomb to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs)
1: Hmm... interesting. I vaguely remember this, this, and I'm sure we'll get into this story, but if you can believe it, Tristan, it's not one that we talked about as much in Sunday school as an elementary student, but I remember bits and pieces of it, right? This was like cities that were just doing all sorts of stuff that was not good, that that was like, ooh, can't can't be doing that. That's sinful. Yep. And uh, just got totally nuked, apparently.
0: Yeah. Jose, what is your childhood memory about learning about Sodom and Gomorrah, if you learned anything? Honestly,
2: it wasn't. Touched on too heavily. That was a part of the Bible they just kind of skimmed over. I, I remember we got to the New Testament very quickly.
1: Yeah, they really want to get to the Jesus part.
0: Yeah, oh, man. But all the fun UFO shit comes from like the Old Testament. Like we got the Book of Ezekiel and like, mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. When it comes to these Bible things, it's like one of those ones where it's like most people. If I just say Sodom and Gomorrah, they'd like, yeah, it's the city that was bad. God just boomed it out of existence and yeah. uh, gave it the finger guns and just like blew it off the map. And that's supposed to be the sign that God loves you in a very weird way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to run through the story anyway, because um, as do. I have learned whenever I have to do Christian stuff, as I have to kind of point out every time I do this show, Tristan, your boy here has to this day, uh, I'm going to be 34, a little bit over a week after this episode comes out. Woo! Outlive Jesus. Let's yep. go. And with the exception of weddings and funerals, I have never been to church. I've never woken up early on a Sunday morning, put on mm-hmm. nice clothes and sat mm-hmm. through a sermon ever in my life. But this is your sermon.
1: that it's Every week it, yeah. you give the, you don't dress up. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to start dressing up in our Sunday best every time we record.
0: Well, if we're going to do Christian stuff, I actually have an old Halloween costume that I wore for my entire undergrad, which was a friar's monk costume, Mm. like the brown robes with like the the rosary beads. And well, see, I have to
1: stop you immediately, because when I was growing up, my church did not support celebrating Halloween, just full sail, just can't do it. Spicy. What we would celebrate is Niwala, which is Halloween backwards. Wait, (laughs) this is true.
0: Pause the podcast. (laughs) I need to know everything about this. This is true. This is a true thing that my church did. We celebrated Niwala, (laughs) which is Halloween backwards. And what are the customs of Niwala? It's
1: literally the exact same thing as Halloween, except you do it in a church. And no one's allowed to wear gory costumes, and that's it. It's the same. It's the same thing. They just rebranded it. Well, what sort of costumes do they wear? I dressed up as Wolverine one year, like you do on. Brand. Uh, but I couldn't have the claws too violent. Couldn't wow. have the claws, so I had the rest of the costume. You could be like a horse. I suppose. I'm a (laughs) horse. What's your costume? (laughs) I'm a horse.
0: My brain is like, what are other costumes? (laughs) What are other things that exist in our story? Uh, Horses, I guess. You can be Wolverine or a horse. Those are your two options to celebrate Niwala. I wasn't a horse. (laughs) This is my extremely deep cut top secret costume. Didn't you see the boots? That's it. That was a cow, wasn't it? (laughs) Never mind. And everyone, I'm extending
1: Niwala to everyone. You're all allowed to celebrate. Just up as, as Wolverine or a horse.
0: So happy Niwala to everyone who observes, uh, Uh even though this episode's coming out like November 17th (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, known for being a very bad, evil place in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to apparently be a counter, like it's sort of supposed to parallel with the story of Noah in Genesis of like the flood and the wickedness and the flooding and killing everybody. Yeah, People got too nasty.
1: Mm -hmm. God was like, stop doing bad things. I don't even know what the bad things were, to be honest with you.
0: I can, I'm sure we'll get into it. Given how the name Sodom has been used in the future, it's mostly being gay. Oh,
1: that's not bad.
0: That's not bad. So yeah, uh, in the Bible... Sodom and Gomorrah are mentioned frequently by prophets and in the New Testaments as symbols of human wickedness Mm -hmm. and of the power of divine retribution, so much so that even a similar story to Sodom and Gomorrah also exists in the Quran. So it's in the Torah, it's in the Bible, and it's in the Quran. Ah, multiple accounts.
2: Do they give it different Hmm. names or is it just Sodom and Gomorrah?
0: Looks like it's the same word. I'm not a Muslim, so I can't speak to that. Perfectly, especially because it's the whole thing with the Quran where it really shouldn't be translated from classical Arabic to other languages because, like, they sort of lose the translation and that kind of stuff, but...
1: Mm. Gotcha.
0: But it does exist in Islam, or a story like it exists in Islam. So Sodom and Gomorrah are called, yeah, the cities of the plain, or two of the five cities of the plain referred to in Genesis a bunch of times. Mm, cities of the plain. Plain makes it sound like they were just ordinary, boring cities. Well, like plain, like as in flat. Oh, okay. Yeah, like P L A I N. Gotcha. Wait, I guess that's how plain is also. Yeah, spelled. that's
1: how it. That, that's why I came to that conclusion. <laughs> anyway.
0: So anyways, there's a battle that happens, and in the battle, a guy named Lot gets captured, uh, who is a nephew of Abraham, yep. of founding all of Judaism fame. I mean, Father Abraham, <laughs> Father Abraham
1: had many sons. Many yeah. sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. That's how the song goes. I think.
0: Yeah. So I guess God gives notice to Abraham that Sodom has a reputation for being wicked. First of all, Abraham, this is the guy who like earlier in the Bible was like, do I really have to kill my son, God? And God's like, <laughs> yes. And then he's like, actually, no, I was just fucking with you. Don't kill your son. Yeah. Big test. But I'm, I'm glad that you got as far as try to kill your son, that you mentally yeah. got there. Good job, buddy. Mm-hmm. So then when he's like, oh, you know, Sodom's really evil. And, and then Abraham's like, oh, no. I know what this means. In <laughs> I know talks. where this is going. I know Uh-oh. this is going. And so Abraham goes, wait, you're going to kill everybody, including the good people in, in Sodom and Gomorrah? Are you sure? You're painting a lot of people with a broad brush there, God. But then God's like, all right, I'll make you a bet. Mm. If you can go to Sodom and mm. find 10 good people, oh. then I won't destroy the city. So to settle the bet, God sends some angels to okay. Sodom and Gomorrah to find 10 good people in order to see if Abraham is right. Gotcha. So at any point during this, do you think that
1: Abraham's getting flashbacks to the whole thing with him and his son? And he's like, God's not really going to do it though, right? Like he's just playing again. He's just playing again. He's not going to do it, but he's not going to yeah.
2: do it. You know what I mean? I'm a little more concerned about like what he considers bad people, considering the reputation Sodom at least has. Like what are those angels checking for like what are they watching what are they figuring out
1: yeah that's a good
0: question too well let's go find out Mm -hmm. the angels go and they meet lot who is now living in sodom and gomorrah after being captured yes sodom specifically and he says hey come into my home angels yeah let's come on in let's put on some brewskis watch the game of, mm-hmm. I don't know, slinging rocks at things. Sure. <laughs> Apparently, these are some rather thirsty angels because oh. as soon as these angels arrive, reportedly every single man in the city shows up Oh, and surrounds the house, telling Lot that they need to surrender the visitors so that they, quote, may know them. And that is where the term of knowing uh, somebody biblically comes from.
1: Oh, uh,
0: gotcha. Mm hmm. But don't worry, Lot is a good person because instead of like, you know, tossing over the angels to be known by the sodomites. Wow, that's actually the word we have to use. Yeah, (laughs) that's the accurate term. But instead, he's a good guy. So instead, he offers the mob his virgin daughters. Oh, but apparently they refuse and threaten to do a lot worse. So the angels, they use a plus five shield of blinding. Okay. And they blast them all with light and make the whole crowd go blind.
1: All right. This whole time, I want you to know that I am picturing, like, quote unquote, biblically accurate angels, right? Yeah, just
0: like spinning
1: wheels of eyes spinning wheels of eyeballs, and everyone was just like, I don't know how I'm going to fuck that, but I'm going to fuck that.
0: I'm going to find out. There's only one way to find out. So, because Lot was such a good person in offering up his daughters to a mob of... Rapists, basically. Yeah. The angels warn Lot that God's super duper pissed at Sodom and Gomorrah and he's going to go nuclear on these guys. Mm -hmm. And so Lot takes his time getting ready to go Mm -hmm. because they're like, you need to leave now. And he's like, I'll do it in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So so blasé. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I heard about Isaac. I know this isn't a big deal. Yeah. He's not going to do it. God's not going to do it. So then he leaves. He he dilly daddles. Mm -hmm. Uh, as they say in the Bible. That's ancient Aramaic. Mm -hmm. So basically the angels say that to Lot and his wife and his two daughters, uh, they take them by the hand and tell them, like, lead them out of the city going to the hills. His two daughters who are mysteriously still by his side. Yeah, somehow. (laughs) Still sticking around after all that. (laughs) They're right there and like, "Uh, okay, sure. (laughs) Things are complicated at this point. Yeah. So then there's an instruction given to them, though which is that you need to leave the city and don't look back at what God's doing. Oh. I swear to God, no matter what you do, don't look back. Go to the hills. But then Lot says, well, the hills are too far away. Can I go to Zor instead? The whiniest guy ever oh who's God, being saved from a <laughs>
1: Talking directly to God. And he's like, I know you're God, but like, I've got my ideas. Yeah, I've got my <laughs> own thing going on.
2: Maybe he still didn't believe him because if he's not allowed to look
1: at it, Is he still in that mode where he's like, I think he's probably just gonna, he's just messing with us now. Yeah, I don't think I have to go all the way. If he's not, he's not gonna do it. So I don't have
0: to go all the way to the hills, Mm -hmm. you know? So as he's walking, God does indeed start raining sulfur and fire onto Sodom and Gomorrah and destroys Mm -hmm. the entire plane and everybody dies. Great. And apparently destroys not only everybody in the city, but everything that grows on the ground. Okay. And... Lot and his two daughters survived fine, but his wife didn't listen to the angels and looked back at uh, the destruction. And for her sin of looking back while hearing like fire and brimstone, literally raining on the city of that she just left for that, she gets punished and gets turned into a quote pillar of salt. Mm, Can't do it.
1: So that's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. I have a lot of takeaways from that story. I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have notes. If we, if we can get this, uh, this is a good draft, but if we can punch up the story of Sodom and Gomorrah real quick. I do love the fucking attitude on Lot, though. Love <laughs> like, it. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> Boy, it doesn't sound like the angels looked very hard for 10 people. They, went, they found, found one, one guy. They found one guy, and then immediately we're, we're just like, no i think this is the one guy i mean they met a
0: lot and if lots like
1: the best guy in the city
0: they're like oh well, <laughs> this guy he just yeah, offered this, up his daughters and this guy's great he offered up his daughters <laughs> against their wishes what a champ like any good host yeah someone comes to your house like oh let me get you a water do you want a coffee daughters anything yeah. like that yikes so that's the story of sodom and gomorrah the full mm-hmm. story You could see from that story that, you know, with some creative interpretation, a nuclear bomb would not be the worst interpretation of what you're seeing here. Especially, and we've talked about
1: this before, but when you have multiple accounts from different cultures of of the same sort of story, and they all sort of have the same details, then it sort of lends credibility to this idea of like, okay, well, even though it sounds, you know, very fantastical, clearly it must have been real. And so if we're trying to base everything in a more like scientific thing, then like what could be this like fiery thing that destroys entire cities we know from a modern perspective, could be a nuclear explosion of some capacity. Mm-hmm. So clearly
0: ancient people had nukes. If I even want to lean on it a little bit, you know, blinding the people. Yeah. Turning into a pillar of salt, like looking back, being too close, the blinding of the light or something. I don't
2: know. Yeah. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around the mechanics of someone turning into a pillar of salt. And like someone had yeah. to witness that, right? So does that mean like lots wife was standing
0: in front of them. They just just like trust me she turned into salt.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true too. Like yeah, she must have been ahead of them and looked around and then became salt or Like Lot was like holding her hand, and she was behind him. And then all he felt was just he stopped feeling human hand and lifted it up and was just like salt. And he couldn't look behind, so he's like, I don't know, she's probably salt now. That's all that happened. I think that's how
2: the movie would be made. Yeah, be very dramatic where his hand just comes forward and it's shaking, and the salt is just falling. And he's like,
0: No, yeah, oh, that's very dramatic. Yeah, this might surprise you. Know that there actually might be a few cases where there was. A real event that inspired the legend of Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Oh, well, this, this doesn't surprise me at all, right? Because that's what the whole theory is that it's nuclear mm-hmm. weapons. So you're going to talk about how it's nuclear weapons? Or something else? Or something else. Okay. But we'll find out about that. All right. After this, after the music.
0: So the Sodom and Gomorrah story does seem to possibly have some actual historical roots, some explanations that some of them are actually quite out there, but are still more likely than, of course, as we pointed out, the idea that one, either without any other evidence for it whatsoever, the people of ancient Israel developed hyper-advanced nuclear weapons that we didn't develop until thousands of years later Uh without inventing electricity or particle physics, or any of the other things that would be between the Bronze Age and now.
1: Right. Okay. That seems the most logical right now. So I don't know what else you're going to say.
0: Or the other ancient aliens take, which would be that somehow extraterrestrials, extraterrestrial intelligence, somehow managed to break the laws of physics and travel faster than the fastest possible speed of causality to travel thousands of years to come here. And the first thing you decided to do was level a city. <laughs> all right.
1: Jose, what are your thoughts? Which one is more likely? Ancient civilizations invented nukes or aliens came and nuked Earth? Place your bets.
2: Vote with your phones. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling this around in my head, very carefully weighing all the options and evidence in front of me, mm-hmm. I'm leaning toward about a
1: 73% chance it was aliens. Okay. See,
0: this is why you're a great guest
1: for this show because. I always think it's aliens.
0: Well, before we wrap this up, can I just propose a few other explanations that are out there? If you must. Okay. So there have been some evidence that there are like villages from the Bronze Age specifically that have suffered a huge amount of destruction and devastation in a very short amount of time and doing so in close proximity to the Dead Sea. Mm. Are you all familiar with the the Dead Sea? I mean, I know of it. Yeah, it's
2: a giant body of water with lots of salt
0: in it. Specifically, yes, the salt. So So, um, basically, there are some places, specifically, there was a region around the Dead Sea that looked like it had some settlement at one point, and then something happened to it and salt got into the soil. And when salt gets into the soil, you really can't grow anything. So this region mm -hmm. was not really reoccupied for quite a long time. Oh, I God thought you were
2: going to yeah. say that Lot's wife was buried at sea, but... I was <laughs>
0: also thinking that! <laughs> oh, that could that could work. So, like, this is probably where the salt thing comes from. Specifically about the Bible talking about them destroying everything that grows.
1: Right. That's, that's a big one.
0: And if you were to explain why there is this region where there is the destructed remains of cities and also no plants grow... You might be like, oh, mm. interesting. And then you find some salt in the ground and then all, you can see like the bits and pieces come together towards a myth that sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? I didn't know that you couldn't grow stuff with salty soil. I figured that would just
1: cut out seasoning your food, right? You just grow, if you grow tomatoes in You're nice not familiar soil. with the
0: Punic Wars, sir? <laughs> Apparently not familiar enough. Salting the earth is like a classic move to like, not only am I destroying this place, but I'm ensuring nothing grows here ever again. Mm. During the Punic Wars, the Romans famously did it to the capital of the Carthagian Empires, that nothing would ever grow there again when they defeated Hannibal. And I think it was the Punic War after the one with Hannibal.
1: Well, I'm learning a lot today. A lot. I'm learning a lot
0: today. Hannibal's the guy who the legend about him is that he invaded Rome by going through the Alps and had war elephants. So he was trying to like escort a troop of war elephants through the Alps. Oh, that's cool too. Yeah. All sorts of cool stuff. But Back to uh, the Middle East here. So there could be a historical basis, but there are natural disasters that might have caused this. And uh, there's a few, there are two major ones that come up. One is the most accepted normal explanation. The other one is crazy. Yes. But it's very new, but it's getting a weirdly good amount of scientific, like there's not enough science to say this is definitive, but enough to say that this is more likely than you'd think. Oh, Uh, The first one is very normal. Uh, Yeah, hit me with the normal one. Yeah, that the Dead Sea got hit by an earthquake sometime between the Uh, years of 2100 and 1900 BCE. Okay. And in that earthquake, it would have created showers of steaming tar that would have destroyed some towns. And if they were on the fault line that's in the Jordan River Rift Valley, the city could have been destroyed in the earthquake. There could have been raining tar and... Water okay. from the Dead Sea could have seeped into the soil during the earthquake, which would have salted the earth and made it so nothing grows.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was wondering about the, there were like because it mentions like stuff like falling from the sky or something. So you're saying that's like tar and such. Mm-hmm. Does tar okay. smell like sulfur? Because sulfur is mentioned in the story. That's true too. Hmm. I've never
0: smelled tar <laughs> or sulfur. Mm. I mean, I've smelled the stuff they put on roads. That's asphalt though.
1: Yeah. So- Scooby Doo had a tar monster in Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. No, did that look like sulfur? Did it look like sulfur? Smells sulfur okay. is yellow and smells like farts. Okay, I felt like they would have made a joke about it in Scooby Doo. That is yeah. true. Yeah, James Gunn
0: above that, or was that not a James Gunn one?
1: No, that was a gen- the live action ones were all okay. both written by James Gunn. Okay, he's now in charge of DC. Yeah, he's by the head of DC. That's actually so pretty exciting. I'm legitimately of, happy with that one. One of the people in charge of DC. So now everyone's like, okay, you still have, so you're a Scooby Doo guy, and now you're in charge of DC. Make a Scooby Doo Batman movie. Do it, coward. He has to delegate that one to Zack Snyder.
0: Ugh. No, tell me, Scooby, do you bleed? I have to
1: imagine it's like the worst casting for like Scooby. Can we get Ben Affleck back first? For
0: Scooby-Doo. Yes, yeah, as, yeah. as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And Scooby-Doo. He'll play and all Scooby the characters. <laughs> Ruby Roo. Yeah, he'll just be like,
1: Rut-Ro. Rut-Ro Raggy. <laughs> and then... It's just a good... We're,
0: we've we got pitches. Zack Snyder's Batman versus Scooby, Dawn of Justice. James Gunn's Zack Snyder's Batman v. Scooby. Yeah. And you know what? It sounds like they might get Henry Cavill back. It sounds like it could be a good time. Yeah. But um, streaming tar earthquake, James Gunn. That was a few tangents. Good stuff. Boy, can you tell we have ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh man, I don't have enough to make a full episode. And then... Scooby-Doo. We're just like, did Scott take his Adderall today? (laughs) But here's another cool one that is, I would say it's not definitive, but there's a lot of scientific and archaeological research that might imply that this could be like, this is like a thing that probably definitely happened. But mm-hmm. whether or not it is the origin of the Sodom and Gomorrah story is a completely different question. OK, hit me with this weird one. So apparently in about the about 3600 years ago, mm-hmm. what's called a cosmic airburst destroyed the village of Tal al whoa, which was a Bronze Age city in the Jordan Valley, just northeast of the Dead Sea. A cosmic air burst. I've never heard of that. So an air burst is basically what happens when a meteor explodes after entering the atmosphere. Sometimes they're called fireballs or bolides. Or sometimes there's really big ones called super bolides. So imagine, like basically like an asteroid hits the planet, Mm -hmm. but instead of impacting on the planet, it breaks up in the atmosphere so powerfully that it causes an explosion. Explodes mid-air.
1: Yes. And that explosion itself is devastating.
0: Yeah. So it's like a really intense shooting star. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And these aren't a thing that are like theoretical. These have happened. The most famous example happened in 1908, which was in Tunguska, Russia where uh this explosion went off with 1000 times more energy than the Hiroshima nuclear bomb. Oh my god. Luckily, it's in the current day Krasnoyarsk Krai in Russia. Uh-huh. This is how remote this explosion happened. Okay, three people reportedly died in the event.
1: Okay, I was going to ask like yeah, this is a massive explosion, so but it just went over a place that wasn't very populated.
0: No, Krasnoyarsk Krai is in, like, the middle of Siberia. <laughs> okay. Eyewitnesses did see it. The explosion, it was basically like a 50 to 60 meter or 160 to 200 foot. Thank you. Uh, meteor that exploded in the atmosphere over and did, like, a huge amount of damage with the airburst. That's a lot. Yeah. That's wild that that can just happen.
1: Yeah. Could, that could just happen at any moment.
0: It's true. That sounds really scary. I feel like now I have to worry about this. <laughs> Well, the last one that happened was in 1908, so I feel like you're good. Well, that that means I feel like we're due. (laughs) That's not how probability works, and you know it. All right. (laughs) But yeah, so... Across the ruins of the city, they found a 1.5 meter thick carbon and ash layer that has specifically concentration of what's called shocked quartz and pottery and mud bricks that are melted and also carbon soot that seems to have been under so much pressure that it turned into diamond or something like diamond. No. And also there's some other like chemical compounds found that imply that there's melted plaster. And on top of that, they found some metals, specifically traces of platinum, iridium, nickel, gold, silver, zircon, chromite and quartz. The big one that is good to note is iridium. Mm. Geology talk, if you ever see iridium in a layer... Or in a geological record, okay. All alarms go: Bing, 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 Bing. This is an asteroid. Oh. I don't think iridium really naturally forms on Earth very often, if at all. Oh. Uh, so the only way that it comes to Earth is through asteroid impacts. Okay. So according to the study, the airburst destroyed a four or five-story tall palace complex, as well as a huge four to five-meter thick rampart, which is about like 15 foot thick ramparts goodness and also of the human remains found they show signs of what they just wrote in archaeology speak extreme disarticulation and skeletal fragmentation which means that the bodies were basically blown to pieces (laughs) yeah no that makes sense That checks out. Mm -hmm. And so the airburst apparently also caused an influx of salt to come into the region, (gasps) which had hypersalinity and basically made it so that the region really couldn't grow any crops for about a period lasting three to six hundred years, Oh, which basically ended up killing off about 120 settlements in the region in a 25 kilometer radius. Okay. So you can imagine if you see this a few centuries later and you see these remains, you're like, Huh, this looks like some real wrath of god shit.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. Like, I was, it's yeah. like I can barely wrap my head around how this even works. And mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a modern person living in the modern world. Go back a few thousand years and with no concept of what a meteorite even is, Mm-mm. or at least how yeah. they work and how like they might interact with the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, yeah. you just see an enormous explosion in the sky. Well, I. I guess you don't see it, right? That the whole part of the story is that if you did see it, you're dead. But mm-hmm. you—well, that's a good question too. How did they write about the story then, huh? How did they know what was happening? How did Probably they know just there walking was...
0: through the ruins of it? And also, if yeah. you are far enough away, you could have seen it without being killed by it. Because okay. it, trust me, an airburst that big would have been very loud. <laughs> yes like there'd be like fire in the sky and stuff like that because not only is it an air burst but also the meteor explodes in the sky it
1: explodes and just rains
0: destruction
1: i wonder how long it would
2: take people to like want to go explore that like oh That's let's crazy. go over where that explosion
0: happened with fire falling from the sky my guess is extremely soon if i know anything about any about people <laughs> <Yeah>. like if, <laughs> I, if i knew that like a building burned down and like there's chaos like i know that there's like 10 people would be like Oh, I got to go see that shit. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Everyone's
0: like, dude, that was metal as hell. Let's go get a let's go check that out. Someone's like, I'm gonna go get me a rock. I'm gonna yeah. go get me a, a space rock. The thing is, like, this was, like, really interesting and might have been the second oldest city destroyed by an airburst. Uh, there's another one that's actually been found in Abu Hayyarah in Syria, which mm-hmm. is probably the earliest site that has an oral tradition that was written down. So these airbursts do happen. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they could be a modern day hazard because they could happen all of a sudden. Luckily, the Earth, very, very big, mostly water. Like the fact that it happened in Siberia makes sense because I don't know if you saw how big Siberia is, but like throw a dartboard at the Earth and you have a decent chance of hitting it. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like theoretically, it could just be happening all over the place, but it's just in the oceans. I'm sure mm-hmm. we would detect things, right? We have sensors and stuff. We have seismographs
0: and stuff like that. Something we would have yeah. up. What's interesting about this story when it kind of came to the market was that initially people had a lot of skepticism towards it because there's such a prevalence of pseudoscience this feels like something that would be just completely pseudo archaeological mm. to the point where cracked wrote an article about it a number of years ago mm-hmm. and they kind of got in some heat over it because they thought that they were printing like this nonsense story but they actually did their they did their work that's
1: interesting so because It sounds so fantastical.
0: Well, because of the hucksters, like, you know, the people who run Ancient Aliens, there's so much bullshit out there that when something incredible is discovered, now they have to be like, "Uh, it's going to take a lot longer to get it officially through.
1: Right. Thanks, Ancient Aliens. I would imagine it's like super annoying for
2: them too, because they're always putting forth these fantastic ideas. And then when a fantastic idea does come out and they have nothing to do with it, it's like they just missed that one. They totally dropped the ball. Like. It's like, why were we not talking about?
1: We could have talked about the cosmic airburst thing and then, but it wasn't, we couldn't figure out how to tie it to aliens. So we had to like, did aliens bring a rock over? Did they just bring a big rock over to throw at Earth? How do we tie it back in with aliens? Oh, come on, gang. Back to the drawing
0: board. Wait, I got it. What if aliens killed the dinosaurs with a big rock? Aliens killed the dinosaurs with a big rock. Mm. Got it. Done. I do have one other explanation, though, that I do think is fairly interesting because it's a completely man made reason that the Sodom and Gomorrah story might have happened. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. Okay. Basically, all of the early stuff that would get into the Old Testament was written during a period called the Iron Age. Mm -hmm. And in the Iron Age Mediterranean, I don't know how well you guys know your ages, but in a little bit of a way, the Iron Age was kind of post-apocalyptic because of all the cosmic airbursts. Yeah,
2: I believe I'm going to take a guess here. This is after the Roman Empire fell and all their stuff was kind of just like sitting around and people didn't know how to deal with it.
1: Or did I get the age for
0: Yeah, you're a couple thousand years off. It's All okay. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, did better than me.
0: But what happened is that the Iron Age started after the end of the Bronze Age. And the Bronze Age okay. did not end slowly through technological innovation. The Bronze Age ended very quickly and very violently. And to this day, we're not 100% sure why. Huh. And so what this, the Sodom and Gomorrah story might be a legend of passing down of people living through this period of history.
1: Oh, so what would have happened then?
0: So all we can say is that for a 50 year period Uh, Between 1200 and 1150 BCE, there was this huge, very rapid decline all over the eastern Mediterranean, North Africa and southeastern Europe as well. Specifically, the biggest places that were hit were ancient Egypt, Libya, the Balkans, the Aegean, Anatolia and the Caucasus. It's responsible for things like the Greek Dark Ages and Mm -hmm. also for just sharp economic declines in the region. And there's a lot of theories as to why this happened that we don't know. Some think that it was volcanic eruptions or a drought or a disease like a pandemic. Mm. Another theory that's interesting is that there's references to, quote unquote, sea people invading the region, like uh, groups of like people invading the land. This might be also the origin of atlantis type stuff, too.
1: Yeah, Aquaman. This episode's coming out in November, so everyone get excited for Namor. Maybe Namor did something.
0: Namor is one of the explanations. He is very temperamental.
1: Namor is temperamental. That's
0: true. Namor is Old Testament God. <laughs> Another possible explanation, though, is just that society collapsed because of some technological changes and sort of the structure of society just wasn't able to function anymore. And I'll get into that because that one's really interesting and very nerdy for history nerds. Please. But the first one is that the Sea People are sort of a hypothesized civilization that raided a bunch of places on the coast and basically destroyed like a bunch of cities. On the Mediterranean coast, showing up like in the Aegean, Asia Minor, Mediterranean, even Southern Europe. But there's not a lot of references to like this migratory group of people who went around destroying places. Okay. Uh, there's another theory of something called the Dorian invasion, which historians of ancient Greece tried to explain a lot of this on. Okay. Basically, the legends that the Dorians took possession of places like Peloponnesus. Mm-hmm. And basically, in this event, they called the return to Heraclidiae. Sure. Greek. Again, the idea of the mass migration of people called Dorians invading the region is also something that has never been verified. No, I
1: can't say I've heard of it.
0: And I'm the expert. Yeah. <laughs> but what I think is very interesting is that after the collapse, you saw a gradual change in the way that we used metal from using bronze okay. to using, using iron. iron. Yes. I could have guessed. Based off of the names. And this is what's really interesting. So there's a couple things that explain like the interest, like what makes the Iron Age so different from the Bronze Age. Okay. What do you know about the basic facts of bronze? What is bronze? It's uh,
1: like, uh, I know that it's still an achievement, though not as high as gold or silver.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think that's when comics got like really dark and gritty in the 80s that's what i know Mm -hmm. about bronze the the bronze age there
0: okay yes i can see what i'm working with here
1: yep so you're asking like bronze is like a metal like
0: what do do we know about
2: metal baby booties get bronzed that's a thing people have
0: done yes my parents did that for me it's embarrassing oh i've never heard of that yeah they basically just take your baby shoes and encase them in bronze so you can keep them as like a keepsake do you still have yours it's in my parents' house, and it is never crossing my threshold ever. Doesn't sound very comfortable.
2: Have you thought of putting your baby's feet next to those to see how they measure up to
0: your feet when you were a baby? Mm. My feet are bigger. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not going to do that. But here's a crazy thing. So yeah, bronze is an alloy. An alloy is basically when you take two different types of metal and you mix them together to make a different metal. Stir it up. Yeah, okay. Anybody who's played a game with a crafting system probably knows that bronze is made from tin and copper. Ah. Tin and copper don't really exist in deposits in the same places, which means that in order to make bronze, you have to have a really large trade network between places that have tin and places that have copper. What that results in is that the Bronze Age had a lot of very big, top-heavy societies because they needed to facilitate this trade network and also because bronze was so expensive to produce the people who had all of the weapons uh, the bronze weapons and the bronze armor had to be really rich so this meant that you Mm -hmm. had this society where there was an extremely powerful top heavy government that had their wealthy elite have all of the weapons and all of the wars happened with them okay I think I talked about this when we've talked about Egypt in a previous episode, that ancient Egypt was an extremely centralized society that had like an almost planned economy. Mm -hmm. And it's because it was in this Bronze Age that they had this sort of high level of organization because in order to survive in a Bronze Age society, the kingdoms that managed to field Bronze Age armies were centralized in this fashion because they'd had to to facilitate this complex trading network. Mm, Gotcha. Then people started making iron. Iron was not as strong as bronze. Doesn't make weapons nearly as sharp. No. But it is cheap and it is everywhere. I like that. And so this idea is that as iron started to become more of a thing, Mm -hmm. you were able to field armies with iron weapons, basically. Yeah. And you could get cheap, serviceable weapons to a lot of people. Yeah. And so they think that like the societies that had picked up iron and like had become iron users sort of were able to field much larger armies than these like small elite bronze uh, clad armors. And also a lot of those bronze clad armies relied on chariots for warfare. And um. a lot of the people who made use of iron, this is another thing about ancient weaponry that people don't talk about much. They didn't use it to make swords often. The sword was sort of like the pre-gun version of like a pistol, right? Like it was a sidearm as a thing you used for self-defense. Uh-huh. But they would use the ancient version of an assault rifle, which is basically a spear. A spear. Now, I don't know if you know much about warfare, but anything to do with horses doesn't yeah. do great with spears.
1: <laughs> yeah the spears were banned at Niwala because <laughs> of all the horses <laughs> there
0: you go yeah. <laughs> yeah. so what some people think is that the bronze age collapse mm-hmm. was almost like the peasants overthrowing these like top heavy centralized governments with their like iron weapons to the point where in some periods like the term spear became just a metonym for warrior oh and with their spears they could make these things that were called running skirmishers that could swarm a chariot army and take them down and it would destabilize the states that would go through that and furthermore as things started to destabilize as i mentioned the whole bronze age thing was dependent on this extremely extensive, complex trading network. So as that gets disrupted, the means to make more bronze starts to fall apart. And all of a sudden, the entire like system that was keeping these societies alive just falls apart. And in a very short and dramatic period, you see the entire world that built up around it just collapse.
1: Wow.
0: That is like a theory. There's also it could have been a drought. It could have been a pandemic. And as we've seen, those can be very destructive. It sounds like what you're saying,
1: right, is that like iron was the metal of like it was cheap. It was like for the masses. It wasn't just for like the elite, you know, the powerful, rich elite stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Is it weird that a superhero named after Iron, Iron Man, is like a wealthy individual elite <laughs> oh, person and not like a horde of people who are just like, yeah, we'll, we'll
0: all be superheroes together with our iron. Well, on that vein, I don't think this is a thing that was ever actually made. I think it was like an art experiment by somebody else. Mm-hmm. But there was uh, a proposal Anyways, to have an alternate hero Mm -hmm. that was um, a group of people who worked at Stark Industries who Mm -hmm. got laid off because they tried to unionize. Okay. And then they together made another Iron Man suit out of stuff that was taken from that and they called it Scrap Iron Man. That's pretty cool. That is
1: sort of what they did with Mysterio in the MCU a little bit, but this sounds better.
2: Yeah, Mysterio was just kind of pissed off.
1: Yeah, and it was just a bunch of, because it was a bunch of Stark people. I like the idea of them just doing their own Iron Man.
0: Isn't it also kind of like the Vulture's story in the other Spider-Man movie? That's kind
1: of, yeah. I mean, less he was trying to steal stuff specifically from Tony Stark. I think he got
2: fired as well. It was It's kind of annoying how many of Spider-Man's villains are really just like Iron Man villains, but for some reason mm-hmm. they're fighting Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, because Tony's dead now, so they're just like, I guess I'll just beat up this kid. <laughs>
2: He's got one of them suits.
0: (laughs) That's because every good Spider-Man villain is becoming an anti-hero in their own. They're like, what if we did Morbius? No, we have plans for him.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Big plans. We have big plans.
0: So that's like one of the thoughts of what kind of tore apart this period. But again, that is a very complicated answer. And there are a lot more simple answers that it could have been a bubonic plague, like pandemic that that tore the society apart Mm -hmm. or a drought. Or volcanoes, all those, because there was a time to that period, a volcanic eruption in Iceland. That Mm. could have caused the sun coverage to go down, which would have caused crop failure, which could have like caused a whole systemic collapse as well. So there's a lot of different explanations, but the sort of experience of that apocalyptic period could have passed down as the Sodom and Gomorrah story because, you know, sea people or revolting Iron Age workers or any of those things destroying the city of Sodom could have been like, you know, the memory of like, God's wrath coming down and, you know, give it a few generations, right?
1: Yeah. I have a feeling when they were leaving the city that Lot was like, all right, family, let's get out of here. And then like, just forgot to tell his wife. And so it was just like, oh, that's going to be embarrassing if I I just tell people that I forgot. So I have to be like, no, she... She's salt now. She looked and she's salt and it wasn't on me. It's not my fault.
2: And remember the rules. You can't turn around to check Mm -hmm. if I'm lying. So uh, Mm -hmm. let's eyes forward the whole time.
1: (laughs) Eyes forward, kids. Your mom is right behind us. She was assaulted. She was assaulted. Well done.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, I didn't think I was coming on that kind of podcast where we just drop puns like that, but...
0: Uh, Yeah, sorry. That was a painful one. So all of those explanations, Bronze Age collapse, earthquake, even a meteorite, all of those... Way more likely than maybe aliens or hyper technology with no evidence at all.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Jose, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, I feel like you went into this 73% probably aliens. Where are you? Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I was weighing the evidence this whole time. I mean, no one can see me, but I've got, uh, you know, a calculator mm. here and I'm taking notes on every single step we take. It's true. And recalculating the probabilities with each new piece of evidence.
1: It's one of those calculators that like prints out like on a paper. So like it's, you've got Stock spirals trigger. of, yeah, you've got spirals of paper around you as you've just been calculating Yeah, it's,
2: it's getting really intense over here. And like, I got to say now, the alien's hypothesis is now sitting mm-hmm. at
0: uh, 86%. Oh, damn. Whoa, it increased. Got better. That's pretty good. <laughs> there you go, guys. For the first time ever, it's been scientifically proven to be aliens.
1: Yeah. If you want a, a full workup of the math, You can probably ask Jose specifically for
0: that. At Jose, not a J on Twitter.
2: I do have my DMs open and uh, I respond to every single DM I'm ever sent.
0: Excellent. That is a dangerous thing to say to a public-facing audience.
2: (laughs) Yes, I I hope people know how serious I am when I say that. Oh, wait, they can't even see my Twitter. No, uh, don't send me any DMs. I will delete all of them.
0: (laughs) Doesn't want the truth to come out.
1: But where else could people find you online if they want to hear more of your opinions and your takes your hot takes
0: yeah if they heard you do this and then they're like i need to know what this guy thinks in extreme depth about fraser
2: Mm -hmm. well luckily i do have a video on fraser called a touch of class which i quite like that title but my channel is much easier to find than typing all that in you just go to youtube you type my name jose it should be one of the top results And if you see a lovely little blue jay icon, that's me.
1: A beautiful selfie.
2: That's basically the quickest way to find me.
1: Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes. And thanks again for joining. This was a lot of fun. I feel like we learned a lot about a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, this, uh, this is a wild one. This is one of those ones where I started being like, I don't know how I'm going to tie this all together. And then yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna.
1: <laughs> it's just going to be a lot of... It's all, there's a thread there. I appreciate it. I feel like I would have paid a lot more attention
2: in Sunday school if the lectures were a bit more like this, like trying to figure out how these stories yeah. all work. But I guess they kind of have their own agenda.
0: It was God. Yeah,
1: it works because it's in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's that's how I was always taught it. it Bible says like, that I believe it
0: or something like
1: that, right? Yeah, the Bible tells me so. So hey, you can follow us on Twitter at probs not aliens. That's our Twitter account. And Tristan and I also do things on the side. You know, this is obviously obviously our big money maker. We had one uh, sponsor one time, so that covers us for at least the next three or four years. But On the side, Tristan, what do you do as your side hustle, side gig?
0: I run a YouTube channel called Step Back, where I talk about things going on in the world and why it's important to understand history to make the world make sense. Uh, My most recent video was a sort of two-parter on the history of post-Soviet Russia. There are a lot of very interesting opinions coming out of that in the comments, but uh, so far I'm proud of the project. But Scott... That's me. What if I wanted to learn about nerdy subjects through the lens of creativity and vulnerability? Where would I want to go for something like that?
1: You can go to my YouTube channel called NerdSync. I have so many videos. Uh, I wanted to do like 8 million Scooby-Doo videos this month or last month, I guess, by the time people are listening to this. I just couldn't fit it in, but at least I'm going to have one up, which is going to be about why scooby-doo early cartoons have a laugh track why does scooby-doo have a laugh track as well it's as other hannah barbara aliens. aliens 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 probably it's a very fun video i've been spending a lot of time editing it and i filmed in a lot of different locations it's fun go check it out and leave us some good reviews on this podcast that would mean a lot to me wouldn't it mean a lot to you tristan
0: no it would mean a lot to me though yeah there you go so do it for jose do it for jose hashtag do it for jose do it for jose
1: and like specifically i would like to thank the following people for writing reviews on apple podcasts i would like to thank kg305 nailed it elopez001 Joseph websum and ryan the movie lover thank you so much for writing reviews yeah. for our show and uh, make sure to tell your friends
0: Yes. Podcasts don't have a recommendation algorithm. So showing friends the show is really what helps the show grow. So if you have a friend, I found that there's a lot of people who found this podcast because they're like a boomer dad that like their kid, like taught them how (laughs) to download a podcast just so they can get this show. I guess we are a good boomer podcast. Excellent. I'll take it. This episode is sponsored by Metamucil.
1: <laughs> and the best place to send people is a very simple website, ProbstNotAliens.com. It's got links to everything on uh, iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts. It's got so many different ways to find our show. So go send people there. But until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander.
2: My name is Jose.
0: And my name is Tristan. And remember, friends, the truth is out there. Ka That's Blue Jay for probably. I
2: can confirm it is.
0: <laughs> blue Jays are the most annoying birds. They sound terrible. I'm still on the call, just so you know. Uh I'm still here.